Hey, Mama. Hi, Em. How are you doing? I'm laying on my futon, and I just had ice cream with my friends. That sounds amazing. What are you doing? Um, I was watching a TV show and doing laundry. Sounds exciting. <laughs> it's a lot. It's an exciting Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to introduce us? Welcome to the M and Mom podcast. We're not medical professionals, but we've experienced a lot. So we're just trying to help y'all. For sure. So last episode, we answered questions um, from our listeners and supporters. And um, we had so many questions that we are ready to do a part two. Part two. Part two. Do you got them, Mama? Of course I do. Okay, cool. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Um, how can friends support someone with an eating disorder? What are things I should and shouldn't say? Okay. I'm going to take this one. I think just being really aware um, of like your friend and what friends have done for me that it has been like really helpful is like simple things just like eating a meal with me um or like hanging out with me to make sure I'm accountable with eating um and I feel like my friends and my personality really well um so if I'm like off then they kind of know that something's going on um And also, like, I say this with everything, but just, like, educating yourself on, like, symptoms and really everything about eating disorders. Um, And, yeah, I think my biggest thing is, like, eating meals with me. Like, my friends have been super cool with that, especially with times that I've struggled. Like, I've had friends that have literally, like, sat next to me so I could, like, finish a meal. Um because they were keeping me accountable I feel like things you shouldn't say are like kind of obvious for me but just like don't talk about diet culture don't talk about weight don't talk about calorie counting don't talk about how you like are eating this pasta today so you have to like work out tomorrow right um how did people support you before they knew what was going on kind of they would just text and call really how did you become comfortable with like telling your friends what your story was and like asking them how to support you so I was like really hesitant after treatment um and I was like I was telling all my therapists and I was like I don't know what to say like when I go back to school like I've literally been gone for three months and nobody has seen me so like what am I supposed to say um and one of my really good friends from treatment who I actually just FaceTimed last night um he said um 
he said, I'm just going to tell them where I was because I just want to be true. And I just want to let people know that I was struggling with something. And I was like, holy shit. So I remember, I remember that you had two friends in high school, like your two closest friends are the only people that you told. And I just remember one of your friends kind of like standing up for you and you didn't even ask her to, Yeah. but like someone at school was spreading rumors about you and she legit like just went up to that girl and was like, this is none of your business and it's inappropriate for you to be commenting on this and you need to stop. Right. Like, And I, I think that like something like that is like so valuable, like to have friends that are that good right that they would like stick up for you I mean you were in treatment for like three days I was in treatment for two days yeah and something illegal happened and so this girl knew about where I was and started sharing it with like the whole senior class which was so fun yeah. But like my best friend who I literally told first um was like that is like so disrespectful and you need to just shut up. So um so yeah, but I think that that's super important too that like if you if you know someone that is going through something anything up like them. any mental health issue or any like just issue with anything like standing up for them is one of the most supportive and wonderful things that you can do for them I 100% agree yeah yeah so anyway um I just have always loved that example of how that friend stood up for you mm-hmm. still friends with her yes absolutely um so is there anything else like anyone can do to support someone? Like I try to support from a mom perspective. Like I try to support other moms by like telling them my experience or like making suggestions on like, I will suggest like nutritionist or um, support groups or um, eating disorder therapist or like I will tell them that like it's important to acknowledge what's going on like if you kind of ignore it and just like say oh it's like a teenage girl thing or whatever it will just get worse and worse so like I try to support my friends because it's more and more common once we started sharing our story like I had so many moms coming to me and saying so many like people yeah and saying that they had uh, children that they were fearful were like kind of going down the eating disorder path um and so I've kind of just tried to share some of our story and be supportive in that way and also yeah like just I try to be open about it I try to I actually post a lot on social media Mm -hmm. about like our experience and even like things that like I'll find something in my time hop that just like says something like innocent what I thought was innocent just like 
oh, I went rollerblading today, so maybe I can treat myself to ice cream or something. And then I'll write a post about that, about how inappropriate that comment oh, was. Because, like, even when you said that, I was like, that's not a bad comment, but it, like, is so triggering. Right. And so, like, I tried to just, like, post things that educate people. I also think, like, what helped me is just, like, eating normal foods, like, people eating normal foods with me. Like, I don't know, like, me and my dad have had, like, Taco Bell dates, and that was something, like, very fearful for me, and, like, when I was in... Denver like all of my friends would be like do you want to go to like Cane's or In-N-Out which like seem like quote-unquote bad foods but they're making it like more normalized to like go there and like have fun and eat these foods because they're like not bad foods it's just like in my head that they are right and if everyone else is going to In-N-Out then fun night out right then it's it's okay that like you can be doing that as well it's just so much more reassuring that like what i'm doing is normal right okay and it helps quiet your eating disorder voice like right everybody else is like hey let's go out for ice cream or let's go to in and out or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah yeah answers You've had really great friends throughout this process, even like going to college or going to your internship in Denver, like people yeah. that you not necess- necessarily haven't known for a long time. They've really just like stepped up and are just like, you have to eat and I'm going to sit here with you. I have really incredible, like badass, the most supportive and just great people like I think that's why I mean recovery is hard as shit but I think that's why I haven't like gone back to treatment like I relapsed but I haven't gone back to treatment just because the people around me are so amazing right and even like even if at school I'm like um I, like, need to eat alone. Like, I'll go into, like, one of my professor's classrooms and just, like, eat alone, but I'm, like, with someone. Right. You know? Yeah. So your professor might not even know that you need them to hold you accountable, but, like, you being in the room, you're like, okay, I'm in front of them. I'm going to eat. Exactly. While they're watching me. Right. Or, like, you you FaceTime me often. Oh, totally. It's just, like, I'm having dinner. Mm -hmm. will you eat dinner with me right and like even if I'm not eating at that time like I still stay on the phone with you and also this is a good thing for um how people can be supportive but just like not talking about food all the time (laughs) or like not talking about food when we're eating a meal and kind of just like talking about our days or like playing a game because like Actually having, like, good conversation with people allows, like, the ED thoughts to dim more and more. Right. 
So that's also something. And when you're in like fellowship and conversation with people, it's generally not about the eating the food. It's about like being with friends. And, Absolutely. Like, having fun. And then, yeah. Right. I like that question. Yeah. That's a good one. Any other comments on that question? I think I'm good. Okay. Um, the next question is, how has dance affected your relationship with your body? Oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> Emily. Mommy. I can swear. <laughs> um, honestly, pretty bad. Um, there's mirrors everywhere. Everybody's body checking. Um, Everybody you- wears, like, no clothes. Right. You wear tight and leotards which literally is oh or but like in dance people wear like just hot shorts and a sports bra right but when yeah. you're doing ballet you're literally wearing like the most tightest like you're literally basically wearing like a bathing suit right um and there's mirrors everywhere and everybody if not most people in dance are like thin people um which automatically like made me think like okay thin people are healthy because they're like the most fit right um and I think dance was especially hard for me because I was never like the quote-unquote best dancer and I never like quote-unquote could was like the most fit really ever um And I, like, tried to be as, like, fit and good as all of the other dancers because they were thin. And they danced incredibly well. And, like, I think, like, body checking is actually, like, so common in the dance world. Because you have to, like, body check for, like, ballet to see if you're in the right position. Right. If you're cleaning a piece to see, like, if you're doing the right pose with everybody else. Um, So I think it's just so normalized that since we're checking our bodies when we dance, we just check our bodies in general, even when we don't dance, because there's mirrors everywhere. Oh, and when you were deep in your eating disorder, you body checked, like, 40 times a day. Oh, 100%. At least. And... Yeah, I think, I just think the eating disorder world is, or not eating disorder, but I think the dance world is, like, incredibly, incredibly toxic. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know, like, I've literally never told anybody at this, but I, like, was doing, like, um a degage which is like you like shoot your leg up and it was before my eating disorder and like my thigh like jiggled which is just like natural and like my dance teacher laughed um and it was like it was very hidden like it wasn't like out loud or anything And I probably shouldn't even have seen it. But I think, like, ever since then, I was, like, I need, like, no fat on my thighs. So that, like, my dance teacher doesn't laugh at me. 
Was uh, this like at your studio? Yeah. Is that evolved? Oop. <laughs> Anyways. Um so that impacted your how you felt about the way you looked as a dancer. Right. And the way you looked like as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And like I have never, like, I've had thin privilege for all of my life, but I never was, like, as thin. Right. As everybody else. Right. My studio. So I just, like, felt very out of place. Yeah. And you, yeah. I think you also always were hard on yourself because dance didn't come naturally to you. Right. Like, dance was natural for so many of the people there. And it wasn't for you. Like you really had to work hard at it. And, and so I, I think, think it was like discouraging to you. Completely. And I also feel like. Like competitive dance world. Is like. You're doing all of these tricks. And all of these crazy technique things. And you're. Cleaning all of these. Like choreographed dances for you. That I never, like, freely got into dance until after I graduated high school. Right. And I just think that's so crazy because, like, in the studio, everything was so incredibly rigid. And then when I just, like, after that, when I just, like, turned on music and, like, moved my body so freely and just the way it felt like I needed to move it, like, it was a total flip. Right, Uh, And I think more studios, like, obviously technique is, like, so important with competitive dance, but I never felt free when I danced. So let's talk about that because, like, dance was a very harmful place for you for quite a long time. And, but now it's really one of the only safe things you can do as exercise right up so how do you think that is like why do you think it was dangerous before and now it's safe because there are some things that were very dangerous for you like running running was dangerous hit workouts were dangerous um like ab workout you know what i mean like hit a lot high intensity workouts were very dangerous for you and still today they are mm-hmm. but like dance is not so and what i mean by they're dangerous for you is that like if you go running or if you would go into a gym or you try to do a hit workout it's triggering right and- because those were the only things i did during my eating right and so it's very dangerous it's dangerous for her to it's dangerous for Emily to participate in those types of activities because it would be for the wrong reasons right and it would be like it would take her back to a very dangerous and unsafe place Mm -hmm. but like for some reason dance is the one thing that has become safe for you and almost like therapeutic but dance was dangerous and now it's safe like why do you think that is 
Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I think dance, dance had a lot of workouts that had to do with it. And it was just all focused on like how strong you were or like, it really was focused on how strong you were. Like how far can you suck in your stomach so that you can like have the most amount of turns or like you need to like squeeze your legs so much that your legs will be like so incredibly straight during your leaps and or like planks and stuff like conditioning right and yeah I never I never had the opportunity to like choreograph um until like my senior solo and I really didn't even do that myself I did most of it myself, but I got, like, tons of help from other people, like, my dance teachers. Right. Um, and I just feel like it was anything but free because I was doing, like, the same moves every week. And we were doing the same things over and over and over again to clean these dances. Right. We were doing the same technique combinations across the floor, which I fucking hated. Yeah. And... I that's not free um and like truly the first time I believe I felt free when I was dancing was after it was during COVID and I was in my bedroom and I turned on a song and I just moved like no choreography no thought like I just turned on a song and I moved my body. And I think that's how choreography came so easy to me because whenever I hear a song, I like literally just feel and like see these movements and like whenever I went on stage, like I had to portray a character, like whether it was lyrical or like jazz or hip hop, like I was never being myself. Right. And now that I'm, like, putting on a song and choreographing the way my body needs to feel, it is just a whole different ballpark. And I literally cannot explain this, but, like, when I dance, I just, like, I go insane. Like, I... I do jumps and crazy moves and I just like literally bolt across the floor because that is like like my heart is so deep into it um and it never really felt that way when I was like in competitive dance or took classes or anything I just I was just doing what everyone was telling me to do and so the first time I did what I wanted to do it was like a total flip of the switch Um, and I think like, I really, cause I would see choreography so well and it it was something I was so passionate about because it was just like so natural to me and I wanted to, I really wanted to like portray my choreography and show my choreography. So when I, I did that show Luminescence, um, for my friend's capstone, like, 
it was just so incredible because like we weren't practicing things so rigidly and we weren't making these students like do leaps and turns across the floor like an insane amount like we were I would literally not have anything and I would be in the dance room with these people and I would choreograph on the spot and I would just like I would be like what feels better for you and I would just do that for them because I was like I want you to like this is my choreography but I want you to have like the most free experience when you dance Um, and it was just like so incredible to like see what has been in my mind like literally portrayed and these dancers incredible movements on a beautiful stage and I just I think the fact that it wasn't an incredible amount of pressure um is what made the show even more beautiful because these people were just dancing because they wanted to dance they weren't dancing because they wanted like straighter legs or they wanted to be more fit or they wanted to like win dance competitions they were just dancing solely because they wanted to dance and Um, you know yeah you know what was so great about luminescence that i had never seen and you were a dancer from like the time you were two until still today mm -hmm. and competitive dance for many 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 years and and it's honestly competitive dance is bullshit right if i'm being honest with you what they are doing is like not dance in my opinion it's just so rigid and it's almost like too clean and they're not like I don't know I just feel like they've been practicing these dances for so long that they're not even using their emotion anymore they're just like being robots and doing whatever they are like taught to be doing yeah, but what I was going to say about Luminescence is in all the years that I've been watching you and, like, so many other people dance, like, when I watched Luminescence, it was the first time that I realized, like, the beauty and strength of a dancer's body. The first time. Yeah. I was, like, two. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like that it was just beautiful. It was, like, a beautiful flow and just, like, I don't know. It was just so powerful. It and so many. Yeah. Well, first of all, so many people get came to that show, right? But second, so many people talked to me after, and they were like, "I cried at this, and I don't know why." Right. Or people would be like, "I never knew that dance could be that." Right. Yeah. And I think that just tells like how powerful dance can be when you're free. Right. Yeah, and so freedom in dance is safe dance for you. A hundred percent. Yeah. Dance when I feel like I'm about to punch a wall because I can like literally go in a room and play a song, and I can like literally move my body like so quickly and so ticky, and then just like freaking go insane and do these jumps and do 
anything I want to do with my arms because like that is me letting out that punch. Right. Right. So it's mentally helpful as well. Yeah. And I, I also think that is so powerful in eating disorder recovery because every movement I would do, I would think about it and I would just think about it in an unhealthy way. And the fact that like dance after I graduated high school and like after I was out of a studio is like even more healthy for me. Like that is just insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We I've always found it. Yeah. I've always <laughs> found it very interesting that there was like a, yeah, that there were, are so many things that are still after four years unsafe for you, but dance was the most unsafe activity and it has become the safest. Right. It's like a total flip. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Are you ready for the next question? I am. How do you make sure you're staying healthy without using numbers? Oof. Your body is very smart. Right. Um, I So I think that it's the person may be asking, like, how you do this without knowing your weight or maybe counting calories or I don't know what the I, I don't know the full like intent behind the question, like what without using numbers actually means. But I, I think your body, the way God created it was not meant for numbers. Right. And every everybody has a set point and like a set point is just a place where your body's supposed to be at that time in your life and trying to remove yourself from the set point is like it's like trying to hold something underwater it's just yeah float back up right and I think when I did use numbers my body got really fucked up and none of like my hunger and fullness cues are happening or none of my like desires or like cravings were happening but when your body is working it is so smart it's like I am hungry at this time and I'm really craving this right and when you actually eat what you crave you are actually more healthy because you're not ignoring it. And then the more you ignore it, the more you want it. And then the more you will be likely to binge it. Right. And also your body craves like things that it wants, like things that's healthy for it. Like not just like shit, like your body craves different things because it's so smart that it knows different things. Like if your mind is like, I'm really in the mood for this. It's because your body is literally telling your mind that, which is so freaking cool. Right. I also think your weight doesn't matter. Um, like, if you feel strong and if you feel powerful and if you, f- if you feel and you know that, like, you are healthy and you just feel so good, that's all that matters. Like, you shouldn't be worrying about how many calories you've burned or what your heart rate is or 
what your weight is like if you feel good and your body feels good that's it right um yeah I actually like wrote like four like in my notes like when I I prepared the questions and then I prepared like bullet point answers Mm -hmm. kind of so I knew like what to say and under this one I actually wrote like for Emily eating quote unquote bad foods is healthy like if you don't eat those things you go to a very bad place straight up so then if I don't eat those things then I'm like oh I'm gonna um oh my gosh there are these people yelling outside of my apartment I'm so sorry um but I'm so sorry. These people are distracting me. What were we even talking about? We were talking about how, like, for you, eating, quote, unquote, bad foods is healthy right. and safe for you. Like, if you eliminate, like, bad food, quote, unquote, bad foods from your diet, it's it's a very harmful thing for right. you. So, like, eating challenge foods is the best thing that that you can do for your eating disorder. Right. And then also, like, staying away from triggering exercise is healthy. Right. And, like, we were talking, um, Emily's uncle is, like, an ultra athlete. Like, he runs triathlons, Ironmans, and stuff. And so we were talking, and he was just, like, what kind of exercise can Emily do? And I'm, like, well, she can... Like, she walks, she dances, she does this. And he's like, well, does she go to the gym? I'm like, she cannot go to the gym. And he was like, well, can she do, like, any core strengthening exercises? I'm like, she can't go to the gym. She can't do any of those things. Also, dance is literally an exercise for literally every part of your body. Right. Just to let you know. Anyway. But anyways, he he kept saying like, oh, well, no, she needs to do this. And if she can't do it that way, she needs to do it this way. And if she, you know what I mean? And I kept saying she cannot do those things. It is not safe for her to do those things. And like, he didn't grasp that. He didn't like, get it. He didn't get that like certain exercises for you, which like for him, he like grew up thinking that like you had to be like a a gym bro guy you know what I mean and like if you're not that that you're not quote unquote healthy and like it was very difficult in that he didn't understand that like you staying away from those types of activities is the healthiest thing you can do for yourself right so what do you think that has to do with numbers well, it's the same thing of like if you're, you know, like Apple watches and tracking the, you know what I mean? Like exercising is like burning calories. You know what I mean? It's like a total numbers game. Right. And also, like, if you don't like a movement or an exercise you're doing, don't fucking do it. Right. Like, do things that one you enjoy and two makes your body feel good and three like that makes like both your mind and your body happy and it will keep you more like it will make sure that you do those activities like I love to walk so I'll consistently walk like three times a week but if someone made me like 
I don't know, do a hit workout or something, I would do it and like hate it. Right. And then I would then I would just like eventually stop doing it altogether. And at least with walking, I know that I will maintain movement. Right. Because of regularly. Boy. Right. Right. And again, that's something that I'm saying is that your body is so much smarter than numbers because your body is literally like your body is literally sending a neurotransmitter to your mind of like, oh, I want to go on a walk because my right. body feels like going on a walk. Like that is how powerful and smart our bodies are. Right. Our bodies don't work off of numbers. That's right. just a scientific fact. Yeah. And then my last my last bullet point was not seeing numbers is healthy for you. Right. Yeah. Like if you see a number, it sends you to the most horrible right horrible place like relapse right yeah i just think i just think for anyone like not even anyone with an eating disorder like that are like really into working out and have like used those numbers like your body is so much smarter than those numbers and your body does not run off of numbers that is not how god created us Right. Is like when you want to work out, work out. When you rest, rest. Because our bodies are so smart and connected to our brains in such incredible ways. I like can't even comprehend it. Right. And we have not had a scale in our house for four years. No. And not a single member of the Mitchell family has gotten on a scale except for at a doctor's office also for four years that has happened to us right yeah we're still alive we're still healthy we're still fine right yeah I, so i like that question yeah yeah so not seeing numbers is healthy straight up that's a good mantra we should we should do that not seeing numbers is healthy. I love it. <laughs> Next question. Okay. This final question is it's actually. the final question? Shut yeah. Door. Yeah. So it's actually from your dad. My dad? Yeah. And so I would like to say we are called the Emma Mom Podcast. Um, but Emily's dad has been pretty instrumental in this journey as well. And I feel like. Over the past six episodes, he's kind of been left out of the conversation, but he has been a part of this. He, um, he has, like, my dad just, like, enjoys eating and, like, enjoys eating in, like, nostalgic ways. And I, like, the meals I have with him are just, like, filled with no guilt. And, yeah, he's been... He's been just as impactful as mom. Awesome. Okay. Are you ready for his question? I am. When you look back on your journey, do you have a clearer vision of your worth to God? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think I've talked about this a lot, but what was so hard about recovery for me is that I mean obviously I didn't feel like I deserved it but I hated myself so much that I like 
I didn't understand why God created me like that. And I just hated how God created me. Create um, Wait, stop there. Like, in what way? Like, the way you look? Or, like, the way that you thought about yourself? Like, what didn't you understand? I think everything. Okay. Um, and so that was, like, the main part of recovery that was just so hard for me because I felt like my identity was not in Christ it was in how I looked um and so I was only focused on like how God created me like physically and like spiritually and mentally and all of the things and I was like this is not what I want so I just like did not trust God at all um and I feel like God has just been so incredibly insane. And the reason why I believe that there's a Lord is because of the experiences I've had and that there's just no other way of explaining it. Um, And the Lord has told me in so many ways why my eating disorder happened and why like treatment happened and why COVID happened and why my heartbreak happened um and he just made it so clear to me that it's a verse in second Corinthians one and it said Jesus is your comfort allow your comfort that Jesus gives you comfort others who are struggling and that was such a click for me and it it twisted my whole vision and I was like holy shit this is what God meant me meant for me to do like all of this shit happened for the sole reason is so that I can comfort people in God's love who are are going through the same if not similar things than me right uh, that I did and I think my worth in the Lord has changed so immensely because I have started to love myself um and I realized that like God tells us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves and I realized that I hated myself and I couldn't love my neighbor as he wanted me to whoa Um, yeah um and so I really believe that that purpose that God wanted me to comfort others I needed to love myself um and God has just been so incredible in this process um And he is just, like, he really has allowed me to see that he created my body in such a beautiful way, but that is the least important thing about me. Like, the most important thing about me is that I am, like, his child and that I am, like, he created me for a purpose. He created me so specifically And he has been telling me that, like, everything about that is beautiful. 
Um, and yeah, and even with like posting on social media and this podcast, he's just been so clear that like, Emily, you can't love others as I have called you to do if you do not love yourself the way I've created you. Um, and so, yeah, that's been my journey with the Lord. And like during my eating disorder, I, I was so low. Like I never spent a time with the Lord and I was just solely focused on everything other than him. And I remember my, all of my days in treatment, I read my Bible every day and I listened to worship music because everything else in my life was taken away from me. Um, And God was the only thing that I had left. And I think, well, that was so long ago and I didn't really realize what that was because I still obviously didn't understand what God was doing in my life and I didn't understand why God created me the way that he did. Um, I think that now I realize that, like, God, I have to have him in my life in order to do what he has called me to do. So, yeah, that's it. That's awesome. He's so freaking cool, bro. Yep. So the last one. That was the last question. That's crazy. Thanks, Dad. All right. All right. Anything else? Um, I hope that these episodes of us answering your questions has been helpful. I know that we aren't like dietitians or therapists or doctors or anything but I hope that our experiences have helped you so yes I agree wholeheartedly also I just like love all my people that listen who aren't even struggling with eating disorders because they just like love listening to us and that's I do too thank you so much yeah so okay okay guys oh also we've been we decided to do every other week for episodes yeah just because we felt like one week was a lot and also we would get rid of ideas too quickly right (laughs) so every other week we try to do it on the weekends yeah So sorry. Okay. We love you. Peace. See ya.